sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about about questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the email address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined in studio today by Mr. Christ, 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 nope, not him, although he shines through him. Chris Moltz. Hi, Chris. Hey, sometimes people do that in emails. They like misspell my name. Me then, too. Yeah. There's a, there's a photo caption, high school, I don't remember what it was, some event, um, and, and I was one of many uh, classmates. And uh, yes, the caption left right, so-and-so, such and that's him and her and Christ Bergwald. I'm like, well, I don't know. But you're not him and I'm not him either, but hopefully he does live and shine through us. Amen. But today we're going to be talking about what, one of my recurring topics on Ignition is um, what's a Catholic book we should know? Uh, and, and Chris has a book here, a big, fat, thick book with a, well, not big Latin title, it's just two words, Quo Vadis, which means, well, I'll let Chris explain Where what it means. Where are you going? Shh. Sorry. Not yet. I thought you just said. I was going to let you explain later. It's not right now. Um, so we're going to talk about what is this book about yeah. and why should you read it? If you've never listened to Ignition before, why should you listen? Um, we'll get to that. My name, though, first is Chris Bergwald. Again, I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Been in that role since 2002 with the diocese. Um, been in the role of husband to Jermaine since 1999. So over 20 years now as recording. Um we have five kids. Jermaine's from Ohio. I'm from Central Minnesota. All five kids, of our, all five of our kids, are born and raised in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Just like the fine man that I'm sitting across the table. From. I I was not born here. I was oh. raised here. Yeah. Oh, um, that's right. So uh, Iowa, Iowa. I was born in Iowa City. My Iowa. dad, mom, and dad were uh, dad was a student there when I was born. But uh, we moved here. I was not even a year old. So okay. this is this is really just home. Okay. I'm also married, Hannah, my wife, a Minnesota native like you. Nice. We have four children, and our first three born in Minnesota, but our most recent, Benedict John, born last October in No Sioux wonder Falls. I like the Motzes so yeah. much. Lots yeah. of Minnesota in the yeah, Motz family. we do. So anyhow. <laughs> um, what do you do? I'm the director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference. I do uh, public policy for the bishops of our great state kind of um, interacting with the legislature, serving as an ambassador of sorts to the world of government, and also just providing an explanation of, of how church teaching applies to issues of our day, you know, seeking to articulate really how the church's um, moral and ethical framework, who is the human person, what is this me- the meaning of this understanding for our politics, We're trying to provide that articulation in, in the world of politics. Excellent, excellent. And now you're going to talk about a novel. Now, uh, yeah, so, and now so you work in politics. You're going to talk about fiction. I, I'm seeing the correlation. No, uh, this is it uh, is fiction, but as we'll get into it, it's it's kind of a true story. Um, but I, if I could take a step back just real quick, you you started out with this kind of you said it's a big fat book, and I just want to tell people right up front, Quo Vadis, it it's thick. So this is an awesome book, and I want everybody to like um, go to your local bookstore 
Hey, maybe the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls could order you a copy. Maybe. Can we give plugs for the Mustard Seed? Sure. Um, what if our listeners in Duluth, though? Shop local. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it, is a, it is a thick book, but I just, right off the bat, I want to say, don't let that intimidate you. If you can, you know, read Tom Clancy or John Grisham or, you know, name your popular writer, like you can read this book. It's really, it's just, it's thickness. Don't let that sort of scare you. Um, it's a compelling, compelling story, and it kind of sucks you in, and you forget, like, kind of how thick it is as you're going through, and when you get to the end, you're like, you know, you're kind of ready so, for the end, but at the same time, it's like you want more. So, so. I feel like you're saying that because you think that people are, are interested in reading, Chris. Like, why, why, why are you throwing that in? What, well, are you, what are you saying about our listeners? I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that there are, <laughs> it, let's, let's be honest, there are some people out there that might be a little intimidated yeah. um, by, by a thick book. You know, we yeah, live in you're right. kind of these sound bites and, and social media videos, which is fine, but, you know, don't, don't be scared, is my point. Amen. Um, Yes, I, I completely agree with you. I love books, um, so I'm all with you. Don't let don't be intimidated by how big a book is because, well, it's not always worth it, but but oftentimes it is. Yeah. So so this book. Uh, so so tell us who. So title again: Quo Vadis, which is Latin for "Where are you going?" Where are you going? Um, do you? I'm sure you know, and I don't. I've never read Quota, "Quo Vadis" before. I've heard of it. Um, there's a legend behind the saying. I'm assuming that legend gets lots of play in this novel. It doesn't actually. Okay. Um, it comes in at the end because so this novel, um, this novel is a story of. It's a Christian story uh, in the apostolic era. So. Uh, Peter and Paul are still alive. Nero is emperor, um, enthroned in okay, Rome. So we're talking about like 60s AD. Yeah. Then the, I guess whatever year, the, it never says the year, but whatever year the, the, the persecution of Nero is, it sort of it leads up to that. Yep. Um, and that, um, not to give it away, but and that's actually in the subtitle on some of the translations that you'll buy, um, Quo Vadis, um, a story of persecution in time of Nero or something like that. So it's not a spoiler alert at all because we, you know, spoiler. It wasn't a spoiler. There was no alert. You there is no. It, there's a persecution involved here, um, which it's not really clear at the start of the story, which I'll kind of explain a little more. But as as you kind of realize, the subtitle isn't on my my translation here. But once I realized, like, oh, Nero, yeah, I remember. That's Tra part of history. So that we're kind of building up to a persecution here. But translation. What do you mean translation? Um, so let's take a step back before I kind of get into just we're, we're, we, all you do is plot. say let's take a step. Back. We're going backwards more than forwards. Now so I want to explain this. I kind of want to explain what this where this book came from, all if right. I may. Right. So the author's name is Henrik Sinkiewicz. He's a, a Polish uh, author. The book is written in the 1890s. Um, oh, okay. And it's it's a it's a bestseller at the time. So translated from the Polish. Uh, in the U.S., immediately it's a bestseller, and even right away, it sold somewhere around a million copies in the United States. Wow! Which is, you know, yeah, that's it's not nothing for yeah. uh, 1890s. I think Poland and Germany sold something like two million copies. So it's it's a big book. Um, popular. Pop. It's a popular book. Thank you. Don't be scared. It's a little big too, but so it's popular. And then Sinkovitz, um which is, if you want to Google it, because you're maybe interested in learning a little more, it's S-I-E-N-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. Once more, please. S-I-E-N-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z, which I'm not, I'm not, I don't know how to speak Polish, but I'm pronouncing it Sinkovitz. Um, I don't know either, so I'm... 
in any event, um, the author Sinkovitz uh, ends up uh, being awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature mm. in 1905 or 1906. So he's not a... He's not a slouch. You know? So so popular, lots of sales, yeah. but also um, well-reviewed. Well, I mean, recognized for its literary liter- value. Right, okay. Yeah, um, and he'd also written more well-known even than this work. This is, I think, probably his best-known work internationally, but in Poland, he's got a trilogy of works that are like standard reading for your um, high school Polish class. You know, like we have our right. sort of canon of, of high school English here. Right. Sinkovitz is like the man, and he's sort of got this um, patriotism bound up in this trilogy. And so even like John Paul II, Pope John Paul II, um, the saint, he's really familiar with Sinkovitz and um, familiar with all of his work, including including Quo Vadis. So that's the historical uh, incubator, if, if you okay. will. So the 1890s Poland, um, a history of suffering under Russian persecution, but not yet under communist rule. Right. So. Right. Okay. Or 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 Nazi rule frankly, yeah. Okay. Right. Or okay. or Nazi rule. Okay. If you're just tuning in to listen to Ignition, this is a broadcast for the New Evangelization. I'm your host Dr. Chris Bergwald talking today with Chris Motes, the executive director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, but we're talking about a novel that as Chris was just explaining came out in the 1890s in Poland, quickly translated into English, sold all sorts of copies here elsewhere in the world. It's titled Quo Vadis, which is Latin for where are you going? Um, and you actually just finished re- reading this not too long ago, right? I, j- I just finished it last month. Um, and so it's it's still pretty fresh. And I'm really just struck by a number of things in it. Before we get into that, so two things I'm wondering about, and, and but you can pick here. Um, I'd like you, if you could, maybe to give... A brief plot summary. You've told us yeah. the historical context. Brief plot summary, but also, but I'm not sure. Not having read the book myself, um, I, I do want at some point before we finish today to talk about the legend that the the title uh, speaks of. But but if you think that might better come later, we can wait with with that till later. Or doesn't it really tie in at all? You know, it, it does insofar as it's a story of Christianity in Rome, of which Peter is an enormous part. Okay. So let's talk about the legend let's get, first. Okay, let's do legend first. So the the legend is that Peter, of course, had gone to Rome, as had Paul. There, they, they, they. Um, we don't know actually that they were the first Christians to arrive in Rome preaching the gospel, um, but they are considered the founders of the church in Rome as as apostles, um, and and they both ended up being martyred. But their legend is at one point, as persecution is heating up, which is so again what Quovatus is talking about, that Peter is like, uh, I'm out of here, like I'm. And you know, maybe he's thinking, "I'm the leader of the church," like, uh, or, or or some other, not necessarily like, "I'm afraid," or whatever. For whatever reason, he decides to leave Rome. And there's a famous road. This the stones of this road still is called the Appian Way, um, which leads south out of Rome. And Peter is is leaving Rome on the Appian Way, and he encounters. So this is in again the '60s, mid '60s. Um, he encounters Jesus has a vision of Jesus, counters Jesus, who's going towards Rome and carrying his cross. And Peter says to our Lord, Lord, where are you going? Where are you going? Quo vadis domine. Quo vadis domine. Yeah. Um, where are you going, Lord? And Jesus says, I'm going to Rome to be crucified again. Yeah. And Peter realizes, oh my goodness, I can't flee. That's my flock. This is my flock. 
he goes back. And and the true story about Peter, because we've his bones were discovered actually during World War II, but verifying the historical um the historical testimony, Peter was crucified um upside down near modern day St. Peter's Square. There used to be a circus there, not like a big tent, like basically like something like um a stadium, if you will, uh where many Christians were martyred, um Peter being among them, and he was crucified upside down. Why upside down? It was his desire because he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified in the same manner as my Domine, my Lord. So that's the legend. I know something about the legend. I know nothing about the book other than what you've told me. So the um, the plot overview is that it's it's actually a love story, which okay. is very interesting. So um, you've got the kind of the main characters are this guy named Vin- uh, Vinicius. He's a, a Roman tribune back from the wars in Ar- Armenia. He's a noble Augustine, sort of from the aristocracy <clears throat> of, <Okay>. of Rome. <clears throat> when you say noble Augustine, what do you mean? Uh, the Augustines are are the like a last name of family. Is that a last name? I guess I don't know. Okay. It never comes okay. out in the book. Okay. But they're the they're they're the aristocrats. Okay. All the Augustines are the aristocrats. Okay. So and then his uncle um, Petronius are sort of two main characters that uh, by and large are representing kind of the Roman uh, view you, through their voice you get to hear a lot of what's in sort of the Roman mind, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. of the time. Um, Vin- Vinicius falls in love with a Lygian princess, and, and Lygians are f- um, members of this sort of barbaric tribe from the north of Europe, which I was like, I've never heard of Lygia. Like, what is that? If you Google it, Wikipedia, of course, uh, explains that they're believed to be sort of this federation of tribes from what is now modern-day Poland. So okay. the author kind of sneaks sure. that in. You have this main character, Ligia. Um, she's a Ligian princess, and she comes to be in Rome through kind of being um, a hostage of sorts to guarantee a peace. So she is a Roman hostage, which which means she's not a slave. She's treated well. She has Roman foster parents. Um, and through... One of her Roman foster parents, um, one of her her foster mother, sort of this woman who's caring for her while Liggy is living in Rome, um, she converts to Christianity. And it never becomes clear how the foster mother became came to be a Christian. Her foster mother is also an Augustine. Okay. Um, but so Ligia has this noble blood um, and uh, is a Christian. Uh, Venetius falls in, in love with her. So the plot is this story of this noble foreigner, um, and it's sort of okay to interact Ligia. with. Yeah, Ligia is this noble foreigner who has converted to Christianity, and it's this story of her relationship with Vinicius. He's very in love with her, like head over heels in love with her. Um, and it's like, you know, will they or, will they or won't they? What's going to happen to their love? But through this whole story of their love, uh, what what's going to happen in their relationship? You know, is she gonna is she gonna return his love? Is he is he gonna be kept at arm's length? What's really playing out is the story of Christianity coming into encounter with Rome, with Roman thought, with the Roman world, with the dominant sort of view of everything. Mm. Um, and so it's it's just sort of Christianity being laid bare. Like, what is this radical new thing? 
that's coming into contact with both Roman power and Greek philosophy, mm-hmm. because the Romans were very, um, you know, aware of and formed by uh, the world of Greek reason, right? Right. Greek, Greek thought, um, and it's t- the reason it's um, it's so striking is just because it's like revolutionary. Mm-hmm. It's revolutionary. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like spoil the whole will they won't they of their love because it's really kind of a fun fun part of the story. Okay. Um, but as we've already spoiled, and I've spoiled it because it's a historical fact, is the fact that this it, it builds up to it builds up to a persecution. Right. Um, Nero, part of part of what's um, a big part of the story uh, is this just madman uh, who is who is Nero. Um, he he is just utterly utterly mad in such a way that. Um, even his own Augustans are like, they're not, they don't like him. They don't, but at the same time, like that's the system of power that they have and they don't, they can't imagine a way out of it. They're just sort of stuck with it. So they sort of bend to his whims and flatter him and, and egg him on. Right. Um, but you, you kind of realize at a certain point in the book, like, oh yeah, uh, the writer is writing this consistent with history. We're building up to, this isn't like a fall, um, what do they call those? Those like historical fictions that give you an alternate view of history. Well, alternate re- or Al- alternate history. Alternate. This is not an alternate history. Yes. This is a real history. So we're building up to this this persecution. Um, so one of the first things that struck me in the book is like, okay, confrontation of Roman thought with the reality of Christianity, and you largely see this played out through conversations with Vinicius. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So, so we're, you're, oh, get, yeah. you're getting there into what struck you. So anything, that's, you get the plot. The, the plot is basically this love story between... Love story and persecution. And and uh, Christianity's role that's new on the scene. I yeah. mean, less, right. than 40, less than 40 years at this point. Um, Roman aristocracy, uh, uh, noble foreigner from modern-day Poland, one of the, right? That, True. Those are the elements, okay? Yeah. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast for the new evangelization. We seek to set your faith ablaze. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald talking today with Chris Motes about the Polish novel, Quo Vadis, which is Latin for Where Are You Going? Uh, published in the late 19th century, uh, translated into English not much later, and sold millions of copies and um, was the reason that the author, I don't know, uh, Nobel Prize for Literature is it awarded because of a book or just to the? Uh, I, for him, it, I guess I'm not sure exactly, but for him, it was like a recognition of life's achie- achievement. Life's it achievement. wasn't just okay. for this for, book. Not for this book, but okay. this book is a big part of. Okay. I mean, his renown. Okay, so so uh, a novel that's at this point definitely over just over 100 years old, um, very well received by the people and critics alike. We just gave sort of the plot summary. Why, when I asked you, what's a book that you think we need to know about? Did you you just finished this reading? It's part of it, I'm sure. But w- what else? You're just starting to get into the things that struck you about the novel. It's just uh, the explosive revolution that Christianity is to the world. Mm. Um, yeah. So if I can maybe just share a little quotation that I've got teed up here. Um, if I didn't lose it, no, I've got it. Um, Where are we okay, in yeah. So this is this is kind of in the middle, um, and this is uh, there's a conversation between um, there's a com- conversation between Vinicius 
and Ligia. So these okay. um, these two young people who have this kind of relationship that plays out. And he's Roman. He's a noble Roman. She's a sort of a noble barbarian, if you will. Um, and he's relating a conversation. He's telling her about a conversation um, between Petronius, his uncle, okay. and Paul. Petronius is sort of a lover of everything aesthetically pleasing. He likes beauty. He likes poetry. He likes music and song. Okay. He likes the Greeks and Paul. And Paul, in this book, as in real life, Paul is, the Apostle. Paul the Apostle is this is this figure who is, um, just incredibly compelling. Okay. He's 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 both completely transformed by what Christianity is, by by what Christ did in him, is doing, is doing. Um, that began with this, uh, his testimony you know, mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. road, getting knocked down. But he's also eminently reasonable. He's mm-hmm. a learned man. Right. He's a citizen of Rome. He, he's got a grasp of, of all, like all areas of learning. So uh, Vinicius is relating this um, conversation between Petronius and Paul to Ligia. So here's what Paul says. Uh, You're a rational man, Petronius. How can you say Christ couldn't have risen from the dead when you weren't there to see it? But Peter saw him. John saw him. I met him on the Damascus Road. First prove that we are liars and then dismiss our story. Um, so he's kind of, he's just using, like, okay, you can doubt this, but say, are you going to call me a liar? Am I crazy? How are you going to like disprove this testimony? Just like, you know, so Ligia says to Vinicius, what did Petronius say? He said he wouldn't doubt anything he heard. Nothing would surprise him. Life is full of inexplicable matters, defying all logic, which reliable people witnessed and reported nonetheless. But it's one thing, he said, to discover a new foreign god and quite another to accept his creed. This, uh, I don't want to hear anything that might change my life. Mm. That's what Petronius said to Paul. Um, so there's this realization that that coming into contact with Christianity changes your life. Right. So he's not he's not giving an argument that is disproving it. He's not contending with it. He just realizes that wow, this is actually what the proposal is is a radical change of life. I don't want it. So that's like the, that's the facade of indifference that modern man. So the, the novel is written in the 1890s, but yes. I think it's even more popular. Well, it was already around then, but definitely more prevalent today. That is, uh, yeah, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. But if Jesus Christ really rose from the dead, um, that's important, right? So, it, and the reason it's just so there's another conversation um, Venetius is having with. Paul and Peter at a different time. Okay. Um, and Vinicius says, Rome has given us power. Greece has given us philosophy. What do you give us? What does Christianity give us? And, and Peter answers, it's just without hesitation. It's immediate. Love. That's what, that's what we give. Um, and Paul right away follows up and he, and he He's kind of quoting from Corinthians uh, in in the book. It says, "Yeah, um, without it, it's all just crashing cymbals, clanging mm-hmm. gongs." Um, and and Venetius perceives the truth of what they're saying, but because he realizes that the way that they're living, 
makes no distinction between noble and slave. Right. Um, no <clears throat> distinction between- They love everyone. They love everyone. They love everyone. And uh, in fact, um, they they also love the poor. Like why why would you care about the poor? Like they're they're really within the Roman thought. There's not any good reason within their sort of um, within their structures of of power and how they think. There's no good reason to love the poor. I mean, the only reason Nero is sort of passing out grain and oil and uh, and putting on entertainment for the poor masses is because they solidify his grip on power. Right. It's, it's all a power dynamic for to him. To keep them happy, satisfied. But the Christians, there are a number of examples in the book of just like you see, and the author is a very, um, he, he's just a masterful storyteller. So you see these play out with lots of rich imagery and uh, compelling descriptions, but you just see that, wow, these people actually do, do believe that every human life is worth it. Every human life is loved by loved by their creator. And that means that I love them too. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're literally these stories of just like, wow, he just, he just forgave the man that almost killed him, Mm. you know, a Christian doing that. And it, it's mind blowing for a, for a Roman to witness that. Right. It's, it is, it's like, it's what? Like, and and so, so the author does a good job of showing how that would be mind blowing for the Romans. Right. Okay. Right. So there's kind of one of the minor characters is this uh, a Greek guy that kind of holds him out, himself out as like this sort of man of learning. Um, what is his name? Chilos, Kilos, Kilos. And um, he, he becomes baptized for the sake of like infiltrating the Christians because it's to his advantage in some way. Um, and and he, he's got this kind of back and forth through the story of, of all these opportunities so he's like really like confused, seriously confused by all these things he's he's witnessing that just don't make sense. And you, th- um, there's kind of this penultimate moment when he's really for a final time sort of confronted with either an act of love, an act of forgiveness, an act of embracing sacrifice. And it's it's just it's really beautiful how the author tells a story. Maybe in just. Um, to say a word in, in our couple minutes left. One minute left. One <laughs> minute left. Um, the, the book is, is worth reading, if for no other reason than to see the portrayal of how the Christians uh, carry themselves under extreme persecution, mm. um, being thrown to the lions and the gladiators, um, being driven from their homes, and to, and to hear the story told that it, it, it's a true story to, to, to hear the story told of, of how they bear themselves out with great forbearance, with great joy, with great patience and love in this time of, of suffering is it'll, it'll melt your heart and it'll, as a Christian, it will call you on. It'll totally call you on. And this is where the story of Peter comes in at the end with Quo Vadis. Peter returns and partakes in the suffering with his flock. Um, but it's just like, oh, I got I got so much work to do. So Quo Vadis, uh, it makes it makes the historical events come alive, the power, the impact of Christianity, and 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 it uh, makes us maybe a little bit opens our eyes as well to the work that we need to do following the Lord's lead. That's it. Great. Thanks for being here, Chris, today and, and sharing with us about Quo Vadis. 
I was happy to be here. Thanks for the inv- invitation. You bet. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, God bless.